Hey, everybody, this is Brennan Gone, old driver of the number 62 in NASCAR, and you're listening to the Quick Pick. Ah! podcast i'm your host ethan joined as always by connor for a special bonus podcast live like five minutes after the race post race reaction post race reaction yeah something like that i mean we haven't done this in like a year yeah it's it's been a minute but yeah yeah, this is going up tonight yeah like probably 15 20 minutes after we finish recording probably around eight o'clock yeah, so you're going to have a two-for-one in one week, you know, yeah, this, so. and then on Thursday when we normally drop our normal podcast, I think we're doing driver grades and just like a news recap, so. Driver um, grades, overall season recap, I think next week then we'll have a, like a March Madness style bracket between going off Jeff Gluck's was a good race poll, seeding all the races this season based on how they scored, then voting on them, we might have a three-person booth for that one. We'll see, but I mean, we're not going to be doing this till after the Bush Clash. Yeah, this is recapping a race. Yeah, it's it's been a crazy season, and now it's done with. Which is nuts. I it feels a lot closer than it is that it was like one o'clock in the morning, and Connor was flipping out about McDowell winning, and yeah, it's it's been a crazy season, and it's you know it's over now. Like we've had. A crazy championship weekend and a new champion and Hendrick Motorsports is you know back to their dominant self after this year. So, I mean, what a season! Yeah, a total of seventeen wins for their drivers. Eighteen if you count Kyle Larson's win at the the All Star race, and Chevy as a whole won over half the races as well this year, which is is just phenomenal considering that last year they had I want to say nine. Yeah, it was Chevy has struggled the past couple of years, and so has Hendrick Motorsports. They've really, you know, for a couple of years there, we didn't know what they were going to be in the future. And now all of a sudden they've, you know, last year coming off a Chase Elliott championship run and now just followed up by a dominant performance this year. Ten wins for Kyle Larson, four for Alex Bowman, two for Elliott, and one for Byron. And you could say, like, Byron and Elliott are probably, at least Byron is more deserving than one win. So a phenomenal year for HMS. Yeah, and I think it's we uh, bash the playoff system all uh, all the time, but at least this year it produced the right champion. Like in in my eyes, I don't know about you, Connor, but like going in, only Larson or Hamlin, if they've won, would really feel like a actual champion based on how they've run consistently throughout the season. That while Elliott and Truex were also very good this year, they had perfectly fine years that it was not a down year in, in any way and I don't think you could name anyone except maybe Ryan Blaney in the field that would have deserved over one of them to be in the final four so in that sense it's, it's good that Larson won and you know kind of what are your immediate thoughts after after that well I've agree with you like this Kyle Larson won the championship and he was the most deserving of it so it the playoff system is still has its flaws in it but at least the right guy won and we, you know we recorded like a 30 minute you know live reaction which we have recorded we don't know what quite we're going to do with it yet but we were even mentioning like 
we would think Hamlin and Larson, Larson 1, Hamlin 2 are the most deserving of it, and then probably Truex 3 and Elliott 4. Um, so it's... And it's, that's how they finished. Well, yeah. Truex finished second, but... It's, it's great to see the guy who deserves it, you know, won. And, I mean, that wasn't a bad race. Like, as for a Phoenix race, you know, you had... You've never felt like they got strung out entirely. Like, you know, they got some lucky things, like Larson having that damage that probably helped him. Uh, Truex seeing that lucky caution when he came to pit road on a short pit. And um, it wasn't boring. Like, they were all close enough. There was those four. You know, Kevin Harvick early was kind of sprinkled in there, but there was always... Close that there was never a one like they were never running away from each other and there was cautions in there that kind of kept the restarts interesting and I mean it was a great race in general. I think the cautions definitely helped keeping it from getting strung out. I think the longest green flag run was probably about sixty laps, mm-hmm. uh, and that was at the start of stage three. One thing that sticks out to me, and I think we should kind of go through the race chronologically because. Every driver in the championship four was up front at some point this race, which is kind of rare, I think. I remember last year, Brad and, and Joey led for a decent chunk as well, and Hamlin was just kind of out to lunch for most of the race. But I think that this year, I mean, the, the, the first stage with Blaney and Harvick and Elliott and Truex and Larson all battling up front, a five-way battle for the lead was really cool to see and it was honestly some fantastic racing some of the best we've seen at at phoenix in recent years yeah and you know larson got the pole earlier this weekend there was qualifying and practice this weekend and every guy led every guy had their moments where we thought are they gonna run away with it because with phoenix it's hard to pass you know you have the upper groove that people get underneath you but you have the momentum off the corner you we really didn't know and um each driver had their chance to run away with it but you know, cautions came or, you know, something happened that gave, like, pit road. Uh, you could say Kyle Larson won this championship because of his pit, uh, pit crew. So, I mean, each guy, was. it feel like it felt equally matched, and it was a great race, and everybody had, everybody had a shot at it. And, you know, it came down to, we were talking about short run or long run cars throughout the race. It kind of came to, like, a middle, you know, 30-ish slap type run, and we... Didn't quite know who would benefit from that, but Larson got, of course, his pit crew phenomenal stop on from fourth to first on one pit stop, gave him the lead, and at that point with 30 to go, it really doesn't matter if you have a short short run car or long run car. It's just hard to pass, and, you know, Kyle Larson took advantage of that and got it done at the end of the day. Early in the race, it was very obvious that both the Hendrick cars were short run cars and Gibbs were the long run cars, and it was, uh, you could clearly see that in the lap times they were running. But as the race went on, I think you would agree with me on saying that they kind of sort of came both to the same point where the strength of the Hendrick on the short run um, faded a little bit as the strength of the Gibbs car. Like both teams, all four teams managed to get their cars balanced pretty well towards the end where that they were all running about the same speed towards the end of the race. Except for the nine. The nine really fell off the last 10 laps or so of the race. actually got passed by Ryan Blaney at the end. So we, we did not have a one, two, three, four for the championship four this year. But I think um, you could see the emotion in Larson's face when he won. You could see how it kind of hit him at once. They were showing his, his eyes through his visor cam or his dashboard cam, his entire burnout really. And that was really cool to see. I, I'm just honestly really happy that the deserving 
driver won the championship, and I think that's what this boils down to. Yeah, and that's the greatest part, how the playoff system didn't fail someone this year, and, you know, Larson said it best. He didn't, I don't think he thought he would be in a cup car a year and a half ago, and to come this season, Hendrick Motorsports gave him a chance. We all knew he was a talented driver coming out of the 42 for uh, Chip and Asturation, which was, this was their last weekend in the Cup Series, but we quite didn't know. We didn't know if the 40, like, if that was, you know, we all knew Larson was probably elevating that car a little bit, but we didn't think he had this much talent. I think a lot of us coming in was like, he's probably going to win the dirt Bristol race and maybe another race or two, but, you know, not 10, 10 wins, and that's not counting the All-Star race. 10 wins. And he, because someone had a, some, I forget who said on the uh, broadcast, but someone mentioned the Pocono cut tire with 30 to go, and we were like, oh, no, don't jinx it. But, I mean, he could have had 12 wins this year. Like, dominant. Like, that's a third of the race or something like that. Like, yeah. he could have won a third of the races, and he was close to. And was the fastest car all year. Week in, week out, he came to track. He was a favorite. And an unbelievable season for Kyle Larson. And, as you said, it, it, that's the best part, that the most deserving driver won. And that was Kyle Larson getting it done. Yes. So, Kyle Larson gets 10 wins on the year. First driver to get 10 wins or double-digit wins in general in a season since Jimmy Johnson all the way back in 2007. So it's been nearly 15 years since that happened, which it's a tremendous accomplishment. It rarely, rarely happens. And, you know, I don't know. It feels like, do you think this is one of the greatest seasons of all time? Yeah, it's up there for sure. Um, I mean... Who goes out and wins 10 races and is up there no matter... Like, he didn't have, like, a week where he just wasn't there. He was always there. I I mean, he, even when he doesn't win, he feels like he's finishing second, third, fourth, fifth. He's not ever out of it. And an unbelievable season. And I'm going to keep saying that, but it's the truth. And we haven't, I, we haven't seen this since, like, Jimmy Johnson or uh, when he won five straight or Jeff Gordon. So type of season so this this is unbelievable yeah and, and of course I, I don't think it should be I think I think we should move into uh, stop praising stop praising Kyle Larson and start dumping on Denny Hamlin because he does not win the championship yet again I think it's five championship four appearances for him where he did not win the championship I believe he also had a couple seasons before the championship before the current format was implemented, where he also had a great year and managed to, to lose out on the championship. Do you think this man will ever win one? Oh, he's running out of time. And he's, you know, getting a little bit up there in age. He's still a great driver, so I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. But, I mean, you're going to see, a, you're going to have to see start, start seeing a fall up at some point. Um, I mean, he, he cannot, like, he needs... You don't see a driver win 40-plus races and never win a championship. You don't see that. Aside from Mark Martin. Yeah, and that's why he's being you know, compared to him because you have to – you win 40 – what is it, 42, 43 races and you haven't won a championship and you've had all these tries to get one done. I mean, I'm having nightmares if I'm Denny Hamlin going to bed every night and especially tonight because, I mean, I think he wished he could have that restart back at the last restart just – and I was kind of surprised with even Elliot. Why aren't these guys going for it? Like, they, you know, trade a little bit of paint, you know. You're, you're not going to see anything like the extended race where you have Hamrick, you know, pinning Cendric and whatnot. But I would have at least seen him, like, you know, 
shit a little bit of paint, not, you know, rough them up, but do something. Like, this is the championship. One thing I did think of is that on the second to last restart, before where they ran probably like 20 laps or so, I don't know how long they ran, but they, they ran a, a medium-sized run, and then the debris caution came out, which set up the final restart. On the, the previous restart, Larson went way down to the bottom, if you remember, and he lost a ton of ground, fell all the way back to like sixth, and then he never really regained position from there. So if he was restarting from the second, second lane on the inside as well, I wonder if that factored into Elliott's decision on the final restart to not sail it off in there because he had seen that it just didn't stick. Yeah, I mean, the restarts at Phoenix are crazy in general. You have you, you could possibly have six wide if you really wanted to force it. And just, I wish I would have seen, you know, you saw at the end with, you know, Hamlin, you pushing up on the outside lane in that, you know, trying to just get all he could. We thought he was going to wreck. Um, but those guys were pushing it. They were pushing it at the end for everything that was worth. And I wish I would have uh, – that restart there, I wish I would have seen a little bit more aggressiveness. You know, even if he didn't want to send it down there, it was what Larson did where he lost the momentum or whatever. You know, at least, you know, do something where – be aggressive. You know, you can do it in different ways. Be aggressive. And I feel like they were kind of, you know, they were aggressive, but they weren't aggressive. And you need to do that to win a championship. And it's um, – it, I think some of them might want to rewatch that and say, "Oh, maybe I should have tried a little, like, been more aggressive." But you know, it's great to see Kyle Larson win, and that you know that caution there to you know get that restart with thirty to go. It is was not. It was a good caution. Um, just want to mention that it's a good caution. It, it was. Yeah. It was there was debris from the thirteen or was thirteen it thirteen blue 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 brake chunks all over the track. Yeah, it was right into that braking zone going into. Four, it was three, right so like, in the middle of the bottom lane on, in, in three. So yeah, and people are gonna twi- Twitter's probably tweeting right now saying how they were trying to help Elliot because Elliot was in third or fourth at the time. So um, it, it was a deserving caution. So Twitter's probably Twitter's gonna Twitter. Yeah, it's just gonna happen that way. But yeah, it was definitely not a a bogus manufactured excitement caution. It was it was for a real reason. So it's good. I think it's also good that. The race didn't have any stupid officiating things. It was a very good NASCAR called a good race, which honestly we shouldn't even be having this conversation debating whether a caution was legit or not and, and yeah. whether they called a good race that should just happen. But um, other thing is that there was a lot of attrition. A lot of teams had problems. There were a lot of um, not like stupid crashes, just blown tires, blown brake rotors, engine problems, stuff like that throughout the race, which definitely brought out cautions that kept the field bunched up and and kept it more interesting. So I think 15 minutes in, we should go through the top 10, the last top 10 of the season. Uh, Yeah, that's probably a smart decision. (laughs) But this is being like immediate reaction, and we're all, you know, kind of excited here for Larson and um, because he, you know, deserved it at the end of the day. But, you know, what a crazy season. But let's get into the final, the final Final top, top 10, 10 of the year. It's been a long season. I know. The longest season in sports, and it came down to this. So coming home in 10th, Brad Keselowski, he finishes it out okay, you know, getting a top 10 for Penske. Ethan's growing on him. Ethan's like, this is going to be, you know, weird, which I agree with him. It's going to be kind of sad with Cendric taking over Eric, the two-car. But our good friend Eric has, has converted me almost into a Brad Keselowski fan, which never thought I would say that. But not a fan, but uh, maybe an appreciator. Yeah, I mean, 
I can't wait to see what he does with Roush. Roush, Fenway, Kozlowski. Um, Roush, Kozlowski, Fenway. Yeah. Kozlowski, Fenway, Roush. Something like that. There we go. Kozlowski, Fenway, Roush Racing. Yeah, Just so. Just to, to mess with everybody. I can't wait to see what, you know, how he does next year, but he finishes out his time in Penske strong. Coming home in ninth, Christopher Bell with a really good run to close out the year. He had a very strong season. Um, definitely better than Eric Jones last year. I, I would have to say that. Of course, we are – nothing is updated yet, so we can't give, like, final point standings. Mm-hmm. And so we'll probably do that on the, the weekly show in New a couple segment, days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he has – finishes out with a fantastic year. He got a win. Um, made the round of 12. Uh, he's going to end up – oh, they did update. Okay. We might be able to do it after all. Uh, no, they didn't. Uh, but he ends with 17 top 10s on the year and 7 top 5s in a win. So – and a pretty decent standing in the point standings. So I think this is a very successful year for Christopher Bell. And I think he – he should he, – he could have a very solid season next year. He's an up-and-coming driver in the sport, and he's you know going to be one of the future talents. Coming up in eighth, the winless Kevin Harvick. Who would have thought after winning what nine races last year and gaining a goose egg this year? You know, Stardust Racing as a whole was, was, has struggled this year. You know, mightily, um, just has not been great. He finishes with well, this will be his eleventh top five, uh, two DNFs. He's um, thirty-one lead, lead laps. Which is, you know... Only 31 laps led? Yeah. That's crazy. I yeah. mean, that, he, was, he managed to... He really outdrove that car. He but did. But that is a dismal number. I he, mean... He, he, you know, felt like he, was a, he could get to 5th, 6th, 7th, but he didn't have the speed to get to that first place finish. Like, first place, you know, running order in general, so... I think he led one lap. Because remember that big battle at the start? Oh, yeah. He got up front for like one lap and then lost it. I mean, he was fast to start the race. And for a little bit, it looked like he might have a chance at going up there and stealing it. Um, but I don't. I just think he couldn't adjust throughout the, the run. So he finishes eighth. He did recover nicely because I think he restarted like 12th on the last restart and managed to get up to eighth. Come home in seventh, Kyle Busch. Closes out a better year than last year, but still not the the same old Kyle Busch that we're used to. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see what he does next year, but a solid run to finish the season for him. Another Storthouse Racing driver in Eric Almarola struggled again this year. Storthouse Racing as a general has struggled. You know, he uh, had one win back in New Hampshire to get himself into the playoffs, two top fives, a pole, five DNFs, and only 19 laps led. Um, we'll get into all the driver grades um, on this weekly's pod, on the weekly podcast, but just a struggle. But he finishes off strong in a sixth place, right outside the top ten finishing spot for Eric Amarola. First of the championship four drivers finishes fourth in the standings. Chase Elliott faded a lot at the end, but led a good amount of laps. Um, looked like if it, I think if it stayed green, he would have won. If it stayed green the entire entirety of the last stage, and there have been no cautions. Just normal green flag pit stops. He was leading. He seemed to have his car was coming back to him, and then it would have been another short run. I think the nine would have been in very good position, but last restart struggled, didn't make the right adjustments, and falls back to fifth and fourth in the final standings. Coming home in the fourth place finishing spot, Ryan Blaney, maybe a little bit more deserving of a final four championship opportunity than Chase Elliott, 
but he finished the season with three wins, ten top fives, three DN- three DNFs, and only twenty nine laps led. I find that a little interesting, but he's what he always kind of ends up getting there at the end. Um, Wait, Blaney only has twenty nine laps led, according to NASCAR's app, uh, which was you know doesn't count Phoenix, but that's what it says. So no, 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 no. That's lead lap finishes. Oh. 29. Oh. Because wait. You oh, I was reading the one next to it. My bad. Go go to yeah. Go my to, bad. Go to Larson and it says he only has thirty. So yeah, that's lead lap finishes. My bad. So Harvick does not only have. <laughs> I thought this sounded a little low even for him. I mean, it might be true to be honest. Let's because... check. Like, you talk about you talk about Blaney. And but I'll... yeah, Blaney, you know, came you know ended the regular season very strong with a couple wins there. You know, started out the playoffs okay. He kind of got to the round of eight. But he just needed more, you know, he needed, you know, a little bit better finishes. You need top five finishes to get to the round of four. And he kind of struggled there in the, you know, second um, and third playoff, the round of 12 and the round of eight, just a little bit too much for him to get a chance at the round of four. But it, overall, a good season. And he's, you know, kind of the future of Penske because Brad Kozlowski's leaving. You have Sendrick, who's coming in, a really young talent, rookie. And you're going to have, you know, Joey Logano, the veteran of the group. Ryan Blaney is kind of right in that middle, and I feel like he's going to take the next step. And he's a really exciting driver and has you know, grown a lot through the, his years in the Cup Series. So a great season for Ryan Blaney, and um, he'll look to even have a better season next year. I think this is almost a breakout season for him. Not a breakout. I think, I think a driver can have two breakouts. There's a breakout from being like an unproven rookie into being an established driver who you know can compete for wins on a somewhat consistent basis. The second breakout is when they go from that into a championship contender. And I think Ryan Blaney has been, for a couple years now, a very consistent, solid driver who you know is good for one or two wins on the year. He's going to lead a bunch of laps, be in the round of eight, round of 12 consistently. But this year, I think he finally showed that he was good enough to compete for a championship. Because if you remember, after the first race of the round of eight, he was I think like 30 points to the good after Texas and then had two crashes but if he keeps it clean those last two races he's probably in the round of he's probably racing for a championship tonight instead of Martin Truex Jr. or whoever else would, he would have bumped out so it's a very very good year for, for Ryan Blaney coming home in third is Denny Hamlin just did not have the speed could not I don't think he ever had the fastest car today. He was always, it felt like, the third or fourth. He always felt like at any time, maybe, you know, at the long run, he's starting to be, like, the faster car. But he, at that point, you, it's so hard to pass. You can't get the lead. So, you know, he just never got the track position, never could take advantage of it, needed a quicker car, and just another year blown. I, I mean, he's won, we said this earlier, 43 races or 42, whatever it is, and you haven't won a championship? I mean... That, that, as I said, he's having nightmares. He's going to have another nightmare tonight about that. I mean, he's, he has to do something different. He has to go for it more. We said this earlier in the season where he's kind of like, he's not, he's racing people more cleanly, which, you know, kind of changed a little bit. But anyway, so Hamlin, if he needs to send someone, like, I don't, I don't, I won't blame anybody for sending, like, you know, roughing someone up for a championship. I, like, that's you going for it. You know, you're going to have to deal with that driver that you did that to later. But, I mean, if you if you want a championship and you want it badly, go for it. And, I mean, just uh, was not the fastest when you rolled off that trailer on Thursday whenever he rolled off. 
NASCAR is the one sport in the world where the, the athletes can mostly police themselves. I mean, if, if you punch someone in the face in a football game, if the other guy punches you back, that's not the, the, the NFL will not be like, okay, you guys are good, right? Yeah. But in NASCAR, if, if I mean, NASCAR would not have done a thing if Hamlin dumped Bowman today, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have, they would have been, I mean, boys have at it. That's their mentality. That's the way it works. And Hamlin, for whatever reason, this year did not seem super aggressive. And, and maybe that was because, I mean, it was mostly in the middle of the season, but he, he had a very good year and it felt for a little bit in the middle of the playoffs that he was rising at the right time. And then he kind of lost steam. He lost steam. I mean, he, he won the two of the first four races in the playoffs. And, and Larson only had one, and it looked like you might have. Did Larson have one or two? Hamlin won Darlington. Yeah, Larson had one. Um, but for about halfway through the playoffs, it looked like it was going to be a dead heat between Larson and Hamlin for the title. That they were both. Uh, Larson had always been at the top, and Hamlin was peaking at the right time, but it just didn't come to fruition. Yeah, and I mean. I, half of me feels bad for Denny Hamlin. Like, you've won so many races and have it, you know, and each time he's going for a championship, he doesn't feel like he's the fastest car. He feels like he's the third or fourth car every single time. He doesn't feel like, like, I, I, I feel bad for him. Both of the last two years, it's not that he's choked it away. It's just that he hasn't been able to get there. Mm-hmm. It's like, he, it's not like he had it and messed up. It's just that they fall short. They, and, and, you know, you were saying throughout the race, it's like any other race, we'd be saying, oh, wow, Denny looks fast or, or yeah. Truex looks fast. But this race, when you're competing against the, the three other best drivers of the year, it really magnifies. I think this race, in, in a sense, kind of magnified the whole season where – the Chevys were just the Hendrick Chevys were far and away the best cars in the field, and the Toyotas had enough speed to keep up with them, but not go completely head to head. Yeah, they had enough speed to get behind them, but they couldn't pass them. I think that was that's the, pretty much the whole season. Hendrick was leading, the Gibbs guys would get close sometimes, but could never get past them. And I mean, I, I said it like he was Hamlin's by a fourth, fourth. Fastest car of the day, out of all the cars that race today, the fourth fastest car. The problem is, and on a normal day, fourth fastest car, that's a, that's a good run. Problem was, the three guys in front of them were the other championship drivers, and um, I mean, you saw Hendrick, Byron, and Bowman out to lunch. I mean, Byron finished twenty fourth, and Bowman was like eighteenth. You could tell HMS put all they had. And the nine and the five, they didn't. They didn't, I don't think they really. I think they just gave Bowman and Byron a car and said, "Have at it, go race." But I mean, HMS went all in, and you know, they were probably the first and first, second, and th- or third fastest car of the day. So, I mean, I mean, it's the last race of the gen of the Gen Six. There yeah. will be no more in the Cup Series unless NASCAR goes back on it in, in 10 years or something like that when the Gen 7 is done, which I highly doubt they will. There's no more five lug nut pit stops. That iconic sound is going to be replaced by the sound you hear at an Insta race. 
the, the there's no more I mean that was probably the highest horsepower engine we're ever gonna see again. It's 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 an end of an era, and who knows next year? Who knows who's gonna be the fast? Who's gonna roll off the gates and be the fastest team? Who knows? It could be Spire for all we know. We we don't know who's gonna is HMS gonna start off slow is and you know struggle next year and maybe pick it up in a year or two. We have no idea. This new car could meet could do a ton of different things, and I, I mean. Who knows how many chances Hamilton's going to have left? I don't think it'll be Spire. Yeah. But it's going to be between the three engine manufacturers because that's all that really matters anymore. The three teams that make their engines. So there'll be Yates, Roush Yates, which is why I personally think Roush Fenway, between Brad coming in and the new car, is going to take off and and be even with Haas and, and Penske. Mostly because it's their own engine. If you're making the engines, you're getting the best engines. Yes, and who knows? Who knows? You're just going to win and see. And that's why I'm kind of concerned with Hamlin. Is time running out? Because who knows? Gibbs st- starts off slow and doesn't hit it right on the hammer. He's old. He's getting up there in age. Who knows how many years left until we start? We start to see that fall off. Is next year going to start the fall off? Who knows? So that's why I'm, you know. Now, I, I don't like Hamlin, but I'm concerned because he should win a championship, and I think time's, time's ticking here for him. Yeah, I think, you know, you looking back on it, you for all the superstars that have, have retired recently, like if you look at their last dominant year, their last year that they were competing for a championship, at that time nobody thought that that would be their last one. Like Gordon, 2007. Finishes second to Jimmy Johnson. Never really gets close to that again. I mean, yeah. he got kind of close back in, in 2014. He probably could have won that championship, if not from Brad. Um, but for the most part, he didn't get close again. I mean, Jimmy, 2016. You think he wins a championship next year? He wins three of the first, like, seven races. You think he is going to continue this for years to come? And then he just falls off. I mean, I honestly think nobody would have thought after last year that that was Kevin Harvick's last good season. I really think that was his last shot. Yeah, and we could talk about Hammond all you want, but I want to throw in just a second place finish in Martin Truex. Sorry, we forgot Truex. Because, well, he's also up there in age, too. And how, who knows? He even said going into this weekend, this could be his last legitimate shot at a championship. And it's both Truex and Hamlin. They are both 40-plus years old. And with the new car coming in, if they hit it slow, and they struggle next year, and they start to see that fall off, are they? Was this both of theirs last shots? And only time will tell. Give us that answer. But I mean, for both those guys, Truex and Hamlin, um, who knows if they ever, will have an, ever have another shot at it? This is a somewhat hot take. I think this will be the last year that the old guard gets close. I think the old guard being like from Harvick. Through like Keselowski, when in, anyone who came into the sport in that decade, the the two thousands decade, this is the last year someone who who entered the sport in there got it because next year I really think that the new car suits and, and I'm not gonna dive deep into this one because we're over thirty minutes on this already and two because we we have a whole off season to talk about this but I think the new car has so much new stuff that needs to be learned that the, the young drivers are going to be way more adaptable to it. 
I think next year will, will be when we start. I mean, we're already seeing it with Larson and Elliott, guys like Blaney, Blaney and Bell and other guys like that really making strides this year. But I think next year is when we start seeing Bell, Blaney, Byron, all the bees making it and starting to really take off. And you also have practice back, which veterans have already known these race tracks more than anybody else. Even Elliott, who's had practice and driven on these tracks many times, just to, you know, new car and everything, it's going to even kind of things out. And I, I, I could see the young guns, you know, kind of taking over the sport, and I would not be surprised. I mean, when you look at this weekend, you look at drivers like Haley Deegan in the truck series, had a great race. She qualified 10th for that race. She ran top 15, top 20 all race, way better than she has all season. You know why? Practice and qualifying. You look at someone like Cole Custer, who qualified 7th today, ran top 15, top 10 for a lot of the day. Chase Briscoe, before he crashed, who's running really well. A lot of young guys who we haven't seen up there all season had good runs today, and I don't think it was a coincidence that it was on a weekend that there was practice and qualifying. Couldn't agree more, and we'll talk about this, you know, through the offseason about practice and qualifying, how much of a difference it's going to make, but, you know, can't wait till next year to see the uh, new car and everything and just, you know, the young new talent, but... Larson wins a championship, and the most deserving driver in the field to, was the most deserving driver to do it, and he got it done. And I mean, it's great that the playoff system didn't fail someone that deserved it. So I'm so happy for Larson, and I, you know, HMS is back, but who knows if they hit it, you know, still next year. But you know, at the end of the day, Larson can enjoy this, and you know, I think, I think it's good to see that the you know driver deserves it more gets gets to gets to bring home the trophy. Um, tonight so pretty cool for him yeah so Hendrick now has I think 13 or 14 championships because Gordon had four Jimmy had seven Elliot got one last year that's 12 and, now and then Labonte got one in the 90s so this is number 14 for Hendrick Motorsports which I believe is the most all time They've been around for a while. They've you know had the most wins in the Cup Series ever through a team, and um, for a couple of years there, we didn't know what was going to happen. But you know, they're young. They are young. They are a young group, and I mean, if I'm if I'm other teams, I'm scared because they their future is bright. Yes. All right. One last thing before we go, and I have a couple things for you, Connor. Um, but the final pick for the year. I actually got it right. I picked Larson. He won. And so I finished the year with two correct. Connor picked Elliott. Siri picked Logano. We were, they were race win picks, but it's, it turned into the same thing with the championship. Connor ends with seven. That's almost that's, that's like a fifth of the races on the year, which is pretty dang good, I must say. And so he wins the, the winner sticker, which... I think you should put on your car above above your door. Yeah. And I also <laughs> got you a little <laughs> certificate. <laughs> I'll post these on Twitter. You guys can't see them now, but Ethan, you know, bought a couple of things for the race winner. And, I just uh, printed that out this morning. But yeah, um, I I'll, just I just bought my you know first car, and uh, this might be a good addition to it. But I'll post it on Twitter. We should picture of it, right so. after this. If you want, don't feel pressured to it. We should put a video of you sticking on like they like Bowman did last week. Yeah. But I'm more proud of that certificate. Right? It, it's 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 
pretty nice certificate with a guy picking his nose on it, but um, you, best you, picker. You were the best picker. Oh, best oh. of picking my nose or best of picking picks? Both. Oh, both. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I didn't uh, know that, but. Do you have $5 on you, Connor? I actually just used it for ice cream. I, I don't know. You can check my wallet if there's cash well, in there. But... right here. We're going to check. So if you don't remember, oh man, you're out. <laughs> I <laughs> never carried cash. Um, if you remember at the beginning of the year, we put $10 on who would win the picking championship. So Connor is plus 10 as we speak right now. But Connor placed a bet on McDowell making the playoffs or not. And McDowell won the first match of the season. <laughs> so uh, Connor was, we were back even. Until Connor decided to bet against McDowell again at the Circuit of the Americas, bet on who, whether or not he would make the top ten. I think he finished seventh in that race, five bucks. So I end up the series, end the series, series season, in in the black. I'm never betting against McDowell again, and that's famous words of wisdom from Connor. Never. We'll bet. play it back when you bet against him next year. Probably, <laughs> but. Um, so yeah, it was a fantastic year. Thank you for sticking with us. Of course, we'll have the full like year-long recap in December. We'll have this, the the more broader picture season recap uh, later this week. We'll but, also have you know driver grades and everything. We might even do another seven times here with Dale Senior. We'll still we're yeah. you know, have a couple segments ideas in here, but um, you're yeah. probably gonna hear a lot of guests on. Um, we'll, we'll probably yeah. have Eric on a couple times. We're going to try and get uh, Bailey Curry back on, maybe Going coming back on. Uh, we have some other guys. Connor is convinced that Noah Gregson is going to, to come on. He's been what, – what, what, what did he say? He's, he's playing with us. He's liked our Twitter Twitter team. Our Twitter team. <laughs> 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 it's tired. I'm exhausted. But, you know, he's been liking tweets. He's been, you know uh, – he definitely realized that, realizes that we exist. I don't know if he's playing with us or not, but I don't know. I can hope. I can hope. I think Connor would die of happiness if we had that interview. I would be. He might be like stu- completely stumbling over. Ethan <laughs> might have to do the interview by myself, <laughs> and I might just watch the interview happen. But you know, we'll keep you guys all updated on that. So, uh, great right. season. It was a great season. It was a really good race um, overall. Much better than I thought it would be. Edge of my seat. I, I was thinking this year the playoffs worked. Mm-hmm. They crowned the right champion. I think we should close on this. Crowned the right champion while also providing a lot more excitement than we would have had with the season-long system. Because, I mean, Larson would have locked it up like three weeks ago, if not. Let's just say they got lucky. They're, you know, they they, they got lucky. Because if you look at the other two series, I, that's one more thing. Ben Rhodes wins the championship. I guessed him to win the championship when I mentioned that. You did? Yes, I did. You picked John Hunter Nemechek, I picked Ben Rhodes. That's right. And then I picked Sindrick. So we, and you picked Gregson, of course, which is no surprise, but we struck out on that one. But um, Ben Rhodes won the championship, proceeded to get drunk, and then do the great, did you watch that video? Of course Whole 20 minute video yeah. of that interview? Fantastic. And then Daniel Hemrick gets his first career win, last, leads the last lap. Door to door wins by a foot over Cinder. That was a fantastic finish. He should he did not deserve that, but who cares? It's Xfinity. It doesn't really matter as much. Um, but yeah, Connor, you want to close it out? Yeah. Uh, what a great season for NASCAR. You know, it's been like twelve weeks or something like that, which is the shortest off season in sports. But so we kind of clashes 
February 6th. Yeah, can't be too mad, but um, what a great season. Hope you guys, you know, enjoyed it with us. We'll have a podcast. This is dropping, like, in, like, I don't know, half hour or something 15, like that. 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, as so, soon as you leave, I'll edit it and throw it up. So, podcast dropping this Thursday. Stick around. Make sure you're, you know, yeah. normal, ready for that. Normal podcast, probably at least two segments, maybe three if we have enough to talk about. But This is... Just a bonus segment to you know recap this great race. So because otherwise, if we threw this with the normal one, we'd have an hour and a half long podcast. So. Yeah, so a great race, a fantastic season for Kyle Larson that deserves it. You know, completely deserves it. Great season. Hope you guys enjoyed the season. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to us, and you know we'll see you guys on Thursday for you know our driver grades. So thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you Thursday for another podcast. Thanks for listening.